There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. An Erios production. Menopause is coming and the men have all left town. But I'm not giving up until I see that baby crown. Could be balding, bearded, shorter, tall, funny, smart, love basketball. From gay to straight, black to white, tiny eyes with an underbite. I just need sperm. Sperm cast. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, my loves. Before I get started, I gotta say, wow. Thank you so much for all the Patreon support this week. Shannon F, Nicole P hyphen R. I mean, there's no hyphen, but I, PR sounded weird. Justine S, Daisy, Mindy L, Amanda S, Liz M, Bonnie L, SV, Becky G, Emily C, and Sarah S. Holy moly, that's a good week, everybody. These fine people and all the patrons who are already signed up had all the inside info as it went down this week. So now, let's catch the rest of you low-life non-subscribers up. I'm just kidding. I would never think that you're a low-life. I would just assume that you're as poor or poorer than me or that you're going through fertility treatments. Or maybe you don't have a computer or a smartphone or maybe fingers to type with. Or maybe you're off the grid and you don't use banks. Anyway, those would be the only reasons why you wouldn't subscribe, right? Okay, let's get everybody up to speed. Last week when I left you, I was expecting my five-day embryo report on Tuesday and my transfer was scheduled for Wednesday. But if none of my embryos made it to day five, then there wouldn't be a transfer, would there be? So I waited around all day on Tuesday and finally at the end of the day I emailed Dr. Chung who called me right away and it turns out no one ever told me I was going to get a five-day embryo report. I just made that up, I think because I know so many other women who have gotten five-day reports. Nevertheless, she gave me my information. What's up? I got my embryo report. Yeah, what's up? Tell me. They're, the doctor is very hopeful. She thinks it's good. Yeah, you better talk to mom. She's what? going crazy. You could do speaker. Oh. <laughs> hey, girl. Hi. She's very happy. So there's a total, uh, yeah. there's basically a total of four that she thinks are good, that that have mm-hmm. potential. One one is uh-huh. one is graded 4AA, and that's really good, she says. Then there's mm-hmm. two that are 2BB. And that's what about what are those mean? If you remember, there's the blastocele, the trophectoderm, and the inner cell mass. And so, yeah, the, the number is the blastocele, and I think that means how much it's expanding. And I can't give you a, a better explanation than that. And then, okay. then the letters are the trophectoderm, and one is the inner cell mass. But the four AA is is good to go, and tomorrow maybe even bigger, which would be awesome. The two that are 2BB, they're, they're just early blastocysts, which means they still have some growing to do. And then there's a one, and they don't do grades on the ones because they're not big enough. They can't see it. They're not 
Um, I don't know. So the four AA is ready to go, mm-hmm. and two are so so, and one is not ready. But it could be tomorrow. Or but it, tomorrow could. Be. Or or they could leave it another night and then freeze it on Thursday or something. Exactly. And then the other two, she said, one is compacting, which means it's trying to become a blastocyst, and one is still in cleavage stage, which means it probably isn't going to make it to blastocyst. Okay, so the two twos should be growing into a three or a four tomorrow. Yeah. Okay. And then there was the one. Oh, God. A one. There's one with no grade because they don't grade ones. Right. But she said four out of six is really great, and she's very hopeful. Well, congrats, babe. Here we go. So tomorrow you'll get uh, you'll transfer. You might only transfer one. She'll definitely transfer the four AA tomorrow, and then she'll transfer whatever the best of the of the uh, rest. Even if it's not mature, she would do two tomorrow. Okay, but not three. No. Okay. Okay, cool. All right, that's good. Molly. Wow, one more day to relax. No, tomorrow I relax all day long. So that was that. I hope you understood some of that. I don't have time to go over grading in this episode, but you can go and find it in one of my other episodes somewhere. All right, the next day was transfer day. I was feeling great. I woke up, I meditated, I went to acupuncture with Jaron. my stomach felt fine, my mind was chill as hell, and I didn't need anyone to drive me back and forth or take care of me after the transfer because Dr. Chung doesn't require her patients to take Valium or have them do hardcore bed rest. But I did reach out to Selena, who you know from other episodes, and I asked her if she wanted to come along just for fun, and she said yeah. So we met in the lobby and chilled for a while, and then they brought us to the back, and I got dressed in my little gown. And Selena got to wear this gorgeous Oompa Loompa surgical coverall situation. It was hot. Please, you can see those pictures on Instagram and Patreon. And then Dr. Chung came in and she said, I have good news. And I was like, oh yeah, I completely forgot about my embryos. How are they doing? Did they grow overnight? So the embryologist had chosen her favorite two embryos for the transfer. The 4AA from yesterday had grown to a 5BA, which is great. And one of the two BBs had grown to a 4AA. Wonderful news. The other 2BB had grown to a 4CC, which is still cool. And the grade 1 had grown to a 4CC as well. Amazing. So those last two, the two 4CCs, were frozen. And the eensy-weensy two, the one that was compacted and the other one that was still in cleavage phase, they didn't make it, but they tried so hard, and I'm very proud of them. Oh, right, so that's when I got wheeled into the operating room, and I got to meet the embryologist, and it was so great to be in a room full of brilliant women, myself and Selena included, obviously. And here's the embryologist confirming that I am, in fact, Molly Hawkey, and they're not putting the wrong embryos inside of me. And also, the audio is a little hard, but, you know, it's worth trying to listen to. And if you want to see the video, you can see it on Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash spermcast. We'll just ask you for your name and read a birthday. Molly Hawkey, 828-78. Okay, and we are testing two embryos today. Is that correct? Yes. Here's a picture of the two embryos. And then we see the line on the screen, too, okay? Awesome. Thank you. Now here's Dr. Chung. So, first thing you're going to do, just make your ears in the spectrum, okay? Mm-hmm. 
So you're okay if I put my hands on my head? Yeah. Yes, whatever makes you comfortable. It's a little cold, okay? Yeah, put in the speculum and the nurse is doing the ultrasound on my belly. My hoo-ha is fully exposed, but Selena swears she didn't see it. You have a good job with your bladder. She's telling me I did a great job filling my bladder, that it really helps get the catheter in the right angle. Just cleaning off the surface right now. Yeah. That's swabbing. Cover with that progesterone. I know, you're doing a good job of coating the surface beautifully. Always nice to know that, right? Yeah. Now that she's swabbed off the cervix, she's putting the catheter into the cervix. I don't feel a thing. She's a magician. So now the lab tech in the other room is putting my embryos under the microscope and that showing up on a big TV screen so we can see the little embryos. Hello. Oh, how cool. Thank you. They really are really beautiful, everybody. Oh, my goodness. All right, so then she points to the ultrasound monitor and she tells us what we're going to see. You'll hear. And we're going to see a bright white line travel in that direction. And then right here is where there's going to be a flash of white, and that's going to be the embryo's going in. And now we're just waiting for the embryos? Now a cute little door that leads to the lab opens up and someone pushes my embryos through and then the embryologist takes them and she passes them to Dr. Chung and Dr. Chung puts them in the catheter and room. And there on the ultrasound monitor we can see that little flash of light in the uterus. Thank you. Yay. Well, that was that. And if you want to see this video, like I said, you can see it on the Patreon. After that, I was escorted to the ladies' room where I was told to empty my bladder. I was slightly afraid that I was going to pee out the embryos, but the embryos weren't in my bladder. And Dr. Chung reminded me that the uterine walls are basically like two slices of bread slathered with thick, thick peanut butter smashed together and that nothing is going to fall out of there. After peeing, the nurse brought me back to my little hospital bed and Selena and I just hung out like we were having coffee, except I was horizontal and she was sitting in a chair. When we left, we said, we should do this again sometime. Back at home, I quickly got into my bed and had the best day on modified bed rest. I mean, it was kind of boring, but whatever. And I bet now you're wondering if I'm having any pregnancy symptoms. Well, if I am, I'm not paying any attention to them because if I let my mind wander, it'll go way too far down either of the roads. You know, the I'm pregnant road or the I'm not pregnant road and I'm never going to get pregnant road. No, no, no. I'd rather just be here in the moment and hang out and have a good time and whatever will be, will be. The future's not ours to see. Que sera, sera. But the future will be ours to see on Friday, February 7th, when I go in for my blood test, and should be interesting. Of course, 
my patrons will be the first to know after I call my mom and dad and a couple of my best friends, other best friends, other than my patron best friends. Okay, it's time to start this interview with two incredibly strong parents and one incredibly strong baby. Now, I don't know if this is necessary, but just in case, I think I ought to give a little trigger warning because this is the story of a premature baby. And if you're pregnant and anxious, this might not be the episode for you. But it's also an inspiring story and a hopeful story. Check in with yourself, and if you feel like you want to shut it off and join us next week, go for it. Now let's welcome Josie and Josie. Okay, listeners, I'm here with two people that have the same name, and they're married. (laughs) (laughs) It's Josie and Josie. Yep, That's right. Nailed it. Yep. Let's talk about first how I know you. Yeah. <laughs> so Josie, I met you, you think 2012? 2012, maybe 2011, wow. but no later than 2012. We took headshots. Mm-hmm. Yep. And um, we've taken headshots several times since then too. In fact, you're all over my website. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> and back then you were dating this fella here, Josie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wait, don't you have an, 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 a, like a wild... Oh, yeah. Like so story about how our first met? conversation, we met doing a tour of A Christmas Carol. And on the first day of rehearsal, we had sort of heard that each other existed in this cast. Um, <laughs> but when we first met, we were like, oh, hi. I was like, hi. So you're Josie? And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. So you're jo- Josie. We- yeah. <laughs> we, could, we could tell there was a, you know, pronunciation difference, if you will. <laughs> um, and I said, great. Uh, where are you from? Montana. That's my middle name. <laughs> So I am Josie Montana McCoy, and, and she is Josie, Josie from Montana. So it's up to you. That's so cute. Yeah. <laughs> so that's Isn't our party there trick. Something with your moms or something? Am I making that up? Oh, so my older sister is Anne. My older sister is Annalise. Uh huh. And we're also um, ten days apart. Six eighteen eighty eight for her. Six twenty eight eighty eight for me. Oh my gosh, you yeah. guys. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty weird. Yeah. Yeah. It would be hard to write. You also wouldn't believe it. Are, are similar. You're not look alike, but you're like similar somehow. Yeah, we're alike. <laughs> you get that a lot. We're, we're alike. Yeah, like I wouldn't That's say it. you were brother and sister. <laughs> yeah. like, you know, big eyes. Yeah. Just gorgeous. <laughs> similar, similar wave in your hair. Yeah, we're yeah. waiting for the curls to to come in for Lincoln. Who's Lincoln? So Lincoln. <laughs> <laughs> spoiler alert to our story. Lincoln yeah. is this baby that I'm holding in my arms. Oh my yeah. gosh, little miracle, huh? Yes, yeah. absolutely a miracle. And you guys didn't have an easy time conceiving, right? I mean, all things considered, yeah. I think we did in the moment. It felt like not an easy time. Yeah. We started in August. August of 2018, And yeah. we got our first first positive in January. Okay. But then we did have a loss in March. Yeah. Which was Terrible. very, very hard, as yeah. you know. So that was March 2019? Yeah. yeah. So I knew about that before I had my miscarriage. Right. And yeah. I think it was really helpful to hear you had written to me about what you'd been through. And I remember reading your story. Did I read it on the podcast? I, I might have read it. Oh. You had read yeah. uh, I something wrote that, that thing about the about the two week wait. Oh, that's what you read of, on the podcast. Kind of a very poetic. Which, uh, l- l- listeners, well, now I can identify myself. <laughs> that wonderful. I'm sure you think about it all the time. <laughs> Uh, that wonderful piece about the two-week wait, that was me. <laughs> yeah. 
it was pretty great. She read it to me. It was really wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So I had read about your miscarriage. You had told me about it. Tell me what happened. It was eight weeks. Mm. Yeah. And we had been to the first ultrasound and it was like, oh, I can't really see anything. Mm. Come back in two weeks. And we were like, okay. And then we came back in two weeks and it was like, oh, still it's looking bigger, but still not really. Um, So then we had to do like two days apart blood tests. And they were like, you're not going to get results until Monday. And I was like, oh. But then he got the test on a Saturday and our doctor called us with the news and... Yeah. And at the time I was doing this like um <laughs> I was doing a 15 minute version of the Pac-Man musical <laughs> for like a two night only performance. And so like the first night of performances I like knew this was a possibility and I was oh like it's not going God. well and like I'm just like sitting there backstage like oh. And then the second night like there I am like trying to do this Pac-Man musical when I've just found out that I'm like <laughs> losing the pregnancy. Oh I was like God. this is like this is life right here. <laughs> Terrible. Yeah, so that was like... And at this point, had you told anybody... And mm-hmm. I feel like I'm looking at her a lot. You're welcome to talk, Josie. <laughs> yeah, no, of course, of course. Well, you're not even holding the mic to your face when you say, of, of course. course. Of course. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Um, I, well, and that was hard for me, too, because I actually couldn't be there. I, I feel like I had a rehearsal or something. I was doing show, I was doing maybe? something else, you know, so it was... It was really hard, as you know. It's just people don't talk about it. At that point, you hadn't told people that you we were pregnant. We had told my mom and dad, my your mom, mom and dad, dad, our sisters, and a couple friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we sort of knew, like, okay, we don't, we don't, we don't tell anyone that we won't can't untell, you know. But Josie, didn't you say something about like you ended up telling your boss, and she ha- had a similar story? Yes. So now we've tried to really talk about it a lot more. Yeah. Um, just because it was so the people <laughs> <sorry>. uh-huh. <laughs> trying to burp this baby. You know, it was helpful for us. The people who had shared their stories with us, like yeah. that helped us feel not so alone. Yeah. So now we try to sort of like pay that forward by telling people so that when it happens to them, they don't feel yeah. as alone either. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's amazing the number of people who said, oh gosh, we went through that too. Yeah. Or, you know, or my sister. we went through that twice. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I mean, yeah. and, and you, don't, you don't hear about it. People don't talk about it. Um, and so it's therapeutic to be able to to open up to others and, mm-hmm. and to let them know that they're not alone because it, it, it did feel very lonely. It was a very lonely time. Yeah. 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 All right. So then. So we got pregnant right away again. Great. The we, we knew we, thing. We, Which, well, you know, I that there that is the it. benefit that like your body's a little bit more prepared. So right. you're a little more receptive. Right. Yeah. We knew we had like one shot. We were tracking all the apps, the ovulation, you know, mm-hmm. all that stuff. Because, and like, you're, it's not a regular, like, you can't even know exactly when. So it's only by ovulation kits that we knew. Right. Oh, wow. I think I am ovulating again. This you're could like be off the regular. if we tried right now. And sure enough. Yeah. Yeah. You lucked out. And yeah. I've, I was so surprised. So, like, the first time I told him I was pregnant, I, like, had wrapped up these, like, Packers jerseys for babies. <laughs> yeah. Packers jerseys. And, like, uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> and I woke him up by, like, giving him, like, this package. The second time that I see the double lines, I'm, like, so surprised. And it's so faint yes. that I, like, go over and I'm like, Josie, Josie, wake up, wake up. Josie, is this a line? Hey, is this a line? Hey, do you see a line? Yeah. <laughs> He's yeah. like, what? <laughs> He's, like, terrified. <laughs> <laughs> A very scary time so waking up to a pregnant wife <laughs> um yeah so then the second 
time going through that first trimester was terrifying. Yeah. yeah. Because every single moment you're just like, is this going to end again? Mm-hmm. It had been a missed miscarriage the first time too. So right. it, it wasn't even like, oh, there's no blood. Like everything's fine. Because it was like, well, there wasn't blood the first time either. I never understand what that term means, miss miscarriage. It means that the pregnancy is not continuing. It's not growing, but that your body hasn't noticed yet. Ah, okay. So your body doesn't pass everything yeah. out until you have medical yes, intervention. Are you hungry? He's so cute. He's hungry still. Okay, I've got more. Monster. Got more for you. (laughs) So, yeah, we continued. And then once we got through to the second trimester, it was like, okay, take take a breath. Like, this seems to be happening. Still terrifying, but, you know. We also told people in a very fun way. I don't know if you know that story. No. I don't think you do. So I've had this idea for a long time, but I never knew how to execute it about a reverse surprise party. She brought it up to me a couple of years ago and was like, like, wouldn't it be funny if you invited a bunch of people over and acted like you were going to surprise somebody, but really you were surprising all the guests. Oh, that's pretty cool. So we um, invited all of our friends over to what they thought was his birthday party. Yeah. And I was like, we're doing it a couple weeks early so that he won't suspect that it's, you know, that it's a surprise party. But in reality, like he's like, I was in on everything. Helping me make the invite list. This like secret Facebook group that she has going for it. And she's like filling me in on all these funny things that people are saying. So then everyone, like 65 people show up. Oh my gosh. And we have friends, they're like filming everything. The best, they were in on it. I've got two friends who, uh, who have a YouTube channel and so they have like all, all this great equipment. So they had two cameras on us. They had lav mics on us. So my God. we walk in, situation. the guests scream, happy birthday. Or they, sell, they yell, surprise. surprise. And we yell, surprise, surprise. And open up a big sign that says, we're having a baby. <laughs> <laughs> and they were. there. Faces. It was amazing. That was great. Perfect. That's yeah. so fun. I've never heard of anyone doing that before. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very proud of this idea. It's all her. Yep. It's all her. Wow. Yeah. So, wow. so we make this like big grand splash announcement. And what was that? Around 12 weeks? Uh, 12 and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we had like just been to the like 12 week ultrasounds. We're like before, all clear. Everything looks yeah. amazing. Great. Um, and people start getting excited. Then we get to the 16-week ultrasound. Everything looks great. And then we got to the anatomy scan, which is like the really important one. And that's where they check for like all kinds of defects. How's everything looking? You know, illnesses. They're like looking for every little thing. And he keeps saying like, perfect. It was actually really fascinating. He, this guy like really loved. This is your OB? It, our OB like brings in one guy, one guy, one day a week to do to just do anatomy, anatomy scans. scans. Oh, okay. Like he just goes and around like, town doing anatomy he was, scans. He was just as amazed at the photos as we were. He was as like, if this oh. was... <laughs> First time he's seen, seen the technology, <laughs> truly. He was like, he was like, oh, just beautiful. My, oh my God, these, oh, it's just gorgeous. Oh gorgeous, wonderful. God. This is great, guys. This is great. Oh, I just love oh this. God, and that it, must have felt good. So yeah, yeah that, was, that was lovely. And so that like, was like right uh-huh. past 20 weeks. I think it was 22 weeks because for some reason we ended up being later. Yeah, having to wait, yeah. yeah. So 22 weeks, everything looks perfect. And then we hit 25 weeks in one day. And I'm at work yeah, in my office. And I just, I work with um, several great friends. And I just started saying to them, 
oh my gosh, I just feel like I've been pregnant forever because I've been pregnant all year. I'm like, I'm just starting to get uncomfortable. Like, oh, I'm almost in the third trimester, I guess, in a couple weeks. Like, I'm starting to feel this discomfort. Mm. And then I was just, yeah, like my belly was uncomfortable. And I was like, Charlotte, feel how hard my belly is. And she was like, wow, yeah, I guess you're just getting super pregnant. And I was like, yep, yep, this is the near the end of the second trimester. And then... <laughs> You know, like how you have to pee a lot when you're pregnant. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I thought that this was just that. But suddenly I'm like really having to pee a lot and like leaking a little bit. And I'm mm -hmm. like, wow, I guess this is just pregnancy is crazy, right? <laughs> oh, my God. So I'm like walking home from the train and I'm suddenly noticing, oh, you know what? This is getting worse. And I'm having to like stop walking every couple minutes. Yeah. Huh. And she's telling me all this in text message, you know, I'm at work in Anaheim. So finally um, I'm like, I'm going to call the doctor. You know, I just call the doctor's office line and a different one of the OBs calls me back and says, yeah, uh, I think you should just go in, just go into the hospital, just check yourself into labor and delivery. And I, at 25 weeks, like we, you're 14 weeks and almost 15 weeks away from full term so oh like we God. had not been thinking about the term like labor and delivery we had not been on a hospital tour like none all of this was just suddenly like oh no i mm, we hadn't hit the third trimester not even <laughs> I mean, yeah there any were of that. so many milestones so she but, said that and it was just like oh huh? okay okay and she's like just go and get checked out you know like they love false alarms and i was right. like cool right. yes so do we great <laughs> so i called josie and say hey so i um i on your way home from work and just so you know um when you get here um i'm just gonna hop in your car and we're gonna go to the hospital so just just so you know and then I well i know when she called me to tell me i was actually in the middle of a fantasy football draft i had just drafted my first round oh player. come on oh my gosh. josie I know. so inconvenient Very inconsiderate. Uh, no i had actually pulled over on my trip home i had pulled over in order to make my first pick and, and then, i do have to say and this is such an important story but i do have to say i just found out that you work at disneyland and yeah. you're in the frozen show <laughs> yes yes so i cool. uh so cool. sometimes play olaf oh wow um and have an ensemble track as well so i'm down there at least three days a week oh it's yeah. pretty yeah. great pretty great yeah. okay moving it's on. a lot of fun yes. <laughs> Um, I pulled over to make my first pick and then got back on the road. She calls me and what she tells me is, you know, so this could be, this could be a false alarm. This could be a urinary tract infection. Right. This could be right. this, this could be that, because that was, those were some of the things that, you know, yeah. that, that they had mentioned to you on the phone. Right. Um, so I was like, yeah, 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 of course. Yeah. Of course that's what that is. And I'm driving home and I still have so, 40 minutes to go probably. And of course, but yeah, we're going to the hospital, but there's no way that, this is happening. Yeah. So I like pack a hospital bag kind of, but like this is just not the kind of thing that we had thought about yet. So I don't really even remember what was in there, but not a lot of helpful stuff. <laughs> and he picks me up. We get to the hospital and long story short, they test to see if my water has broken twice. And indeed, they're like, OK, your water has broken. Oh Here's God. the thing. We're going to try and keep you pregnant as long as humanly possible. And we hope that that's weeks, but you need to understand that you're not leaving this hospital until you deliver. Oh my God. So oh we're like, God. whether it's tomorrow or oh. whether it's 15 weeks from now. So we're like, yeah. okay. Oh my God. Okay. Yeah. 
And all this time, the contractions are getting worse. Oh, you're having contractions. Mm -hmm. Which I thought, like, the last thing I Googled on my work computer were like, what do Braxton Hicks contractions feel like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nope, these were not Braxton Hicks. Right. Yeah. So the water is the amniotic fluid, right? Yes. So your Uh baby needs that amniotic fluid for what? It's because the oxygen's coming from the placenta. Yes. I d- actually don't really know the answer well, to you, that question. Then you know what I'm going to have to do. <laughs> <laughs> the amniotic fluid has several functions. The fluid allows the baby to move around while it's developing. This movement allows for bone and muscle development. The fetus breathes the fluid in and out, allowing it to practice breathing and to aid in lung development. The fluid also helps to keep the fetus nice and warm by keeping heat in. It also helps keep the temperature consistent. The fluid offers protection from any blows that may come to the uterus area. It may cushion the blow if the mother falls, for instance. When the fetus swallows the amniotic fluid, it's practicing using and developing the digestive system. It also keeps the umbilical cord from being squeezed too hard. And lastly, the amniotic fluid also acts as a lubricant. The fetus's growing body parts are very fragile and could grow together, such as in the case of webbed fingers and toes, like in Waterworld. But yeah, mine was just leaking. Mm. So it mm. hadn't like fully rushed burst. and broken. It had okay. not yet. Yeah, it hadn't um, ruptured. So then contractions continue. They check me in. We move to like the full waiting, you know, labor and delivery I got another question. Yeah. They, you say, they said, whether it's in 15 weeks or if it's tomorrow or whatever, how do you mm-hmm. think, is there a way for them to make Extend. it so that you don't have pre- have the have, give birth? Yes. So the first thing that they did is put me on magnesium. Okay. And that is supposed to slow down labor. And they okay. tell you it's very warm. They're like, it's, it's you're fine, and it, but you're going to feel very warm. And that is true. It was a drip? Uh, yeah. Okay. So like all this stuff's coming through the IV and I'm just like, okay, this is my life now. I just have to page a nurse every time I have to go to the bathroom. Okay. This and is, then, yeah. So we're like settling in for this several weeks day. They come and they take a look at the baby. They do an ultrasound. But unlike when a doctor does an ultrasound, an ultrasound tech can't like tell you what they're seeing. Right. So they're just like do this ultrasound and then leave. And then they're of course doing like a battery of blood tests. They're just like doing all the things that hospitals do in this situation. And at a certain point, overnight the conversation changes Mm. from we're going to keep you pregnant as long as possible to you have an infection in your uterus (gasps) your placenta is detaching and we need to let this labor continue and get this baby out as soon as we can oh my gosh and it's 7 a.m you know i'm on a cot next to her and at 7 a.m our doctor walks in and thankfully he was there the next day because it was so so, he walked in and it was like oh okay great yeah, no, ma- no matter what happens, like our doc is here. He knows what's up. Like yeah. it was, it, that was very comforting. But then mm-hmm. he took he took a look, and sixty seconds later, he's like, "Yeah, no, this is happening today." Wow. Oh well. So the other thing is, the night before, as soon as it was clear we were delivering Im- imminently, twelve to thirty six hours, they did yeah. us a huge favor, which is that they called in a NICU doctor to come and talk to us. Mm. And this is like this was like the head guy too. Mm-hmm. A good Samaritan. It's like the attending, it, it comes down and he's wonderful and he just very gently and kindly talks us through everything. Everything that like. might happen. Everything ah. everything that might happen that might be difficult or that we might see, we hope to see, we don't want to see in the next 30 days specifically. Yeah. What that might look like. Because mm-hmm. we knew we were in for minimum you know, him being in the NICU for 12 weeks because they typically say that a NICU baby... Uh, goes it leaves the NICU around their due date, but they 
possibly see it happening around 37 gestational weeks. So we were like, okay, 12 weeks, maybe. Okay. Okay. Okay, Cool. We start to wrap our heads around all of this as much as we can. But we're also like, I at least am like in shock and I have this like delivery coming up that I have to do with that I have not taken childbirth classes for because right. I thought I had time because I was right. only 25 weeks and they, they tell you like right. don't do it too early or you'll forget everything oh my god <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. so then in the morning they do us another favor which is they say now that you've had some time to think about this do you want those NICU doctors to come back again and we said yes please yeah. yeah so they come back and they talk to us again and we're like okay and then labor just like continues i hadn't planned to get an epidural but i did get an epidural uh-huh. got some naps in which i'm grateful good, for good and then, then well, they, and at this point he must have been smaller than a than a big old baby so does that so, make it less painful or no okay so here is I, all this time i was thinking like well okay this is the one good thing it's like he's tiny <laughs> so it'll be easier uh-huh. but what i had neglected to calculate is that also my body had 15 fewer weeks That's to prepare true. It's like my hips didn't spread out, like all that. I know. Yeah, Yeah, dude. So I think like relatively speaking, it was probably like. Same. Probably the same, yeah. Okay. It did not feel easy at all. No. Yeah. Yeah. So he's born what time? 3.42 p.m. Okay. So I had started feeling uncomfortable on September 4th at about 3 Mm p.m. And then. At 25 weeks one day, and then at 25 weeks two days, 24 hours later, baby. What did you just say? Two days? One day. Oh, so I, I was 25 weeks two days. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So exactly 24 hours later. This was yeah. so fast. It was yeah. so fast. From like, Jesus. from everything's healthy, you're going to be pregnant for the next 15 weeks to like, to like, he's born. Uh, yeah, let's go to the hospital and check it out to, okay, I'm going to go home and grab a few more things because she's going to be in the hospital for an indefinite amount of time. I just, I remember feeling, I just remember being so sad and worrying about you so much driving back to the hospital. It oh, was so, uh, you, yeah, oh my gosh, yeah. yeah. Just so, so he's how many pounds when he's born? Two pounds oh and almost a half ounce. ounces. <laughs> 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 Which a lot of people were like, oh, two pounds, seven ounces. And we're like, no, two pounds, point point seven. Yeah, <laughs> just, just over. Half, Which half actually for 25 weeks, two days is like a head. Really? Yeah, like 90 percentile or some 92 yeah. percentile. So we really lucked out in that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And how long was he? What was his? 13 inches. Yeah. 13 inches. Mm-hmm. He was 13 inches, which I think was also like a 90 or 92 percentile. Mm-hmm. Like it was. Me, I'm just going to look at this. Okay. Yeah. 13, that's the, is that about right? Yeah, that seems about right. Yeah, yeah about like that. Mm-hmm. I, I was going to make a rude joke. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> you should like go for it. Average dick size. I'm not yeah, saying exactly. this on yeah, the podcast. Yeah. I'm cutting it. I'm cutting it. <laughs> that was my first thought too, yeah. Um. <laughs> oh, so like a little bit smaller than Josie's dick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's it's just, just a hair under, yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's not funny. So, that's so sick. What's wrong with me? No, oh you my have, God, I'm we, looking at your sweet baby no, no, now. No, no, You have to find the humor in this situation. Is, yes. You absolutely have to. We oh, could yes. not have survived Truthfully, otherwise. Truthfully, you know, life is, I mean, fucking weird. Life yeah. is fucking weird. But life is funny, too. Oh, and you God. have to find those times. Yeah. Because yep. I know in our 
ups and downs and our sorrows and our joys, uh, laughter was always there somehow, yeah. Yeah. whether it was morbid or not. Yeah. yeah. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. So he's immediately whisked away to the NICU. Right. Oh, my God. And they that's the thing him. is they keep saying, they keep saying the first thing that they're going to do is they're going to take him away from you. They're not going to put him down on you. I'm sorry. We can't do that. And, and like, so we're okay, like prepared okay, for that. Okay, we're okay, prepared yeah. for that. And so but then they, all of a sudden he's born. And the first thing they do is, is lay him on a towel. On lay me. him on a towel on her. And so we're like, whoa. Oh, oh, oh. So this is like beautiful. And I mean, I, you can not only because we have photos, but I just, I still remember her face of like, my baby's on me, and we because we were just like certain, like cool. We're rule followers. Yes, yeah. So we were like, so we're okay, like, great. He's gonna be born. That's fine. And he's gonna go right over there. The the entire NICU staff was in the room Ready while I go. delivered him. I mean, so, there were so there, there were, were like, a dozen people in because there. Because this is very early. Extremely. <laughs> can a, you impress upon everybody how early this is? So yes, a micro preemie is this what they're is categorized. What a micro preemie. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Uh, in general, most hospitals put the cutoff at twenty four weeks. Okay. Some hospitals now will like squeak it a little bit earlier if things are looking good, but most hospitals the cutoff is twenty four weeks. What does that mean? Where the they cutoff. where they consider that the fetus will not be viable. Okay, so and the, the, what? If, but but the baby's born. What if the fetus is alive? They're not gonna. I mean, so it's mostly about intervention because at that uh, age, no baby can breathe on their own. Oh, because the last thing that happens sort of in gestation that you need to survive is that you get surfactant in your lungs. So if you're born with like little to no surfactant, your lungs can. No, I don't know what that word means. So it's this, (laughs) it's basically like um, a lubricant for your lungs. Okay. So, you know, our lungs like contract and expand. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have surfactant, then when your lungs contract, they they get stuck together. (gasps) Okay. And they can't expand without Mm -hmm. help. So one of the first thing that happens to Lincoln is they put in a breathing tube, um, you know, down his throat, a breathing tube that he would end up having for two months. Oh, longer. Longer than two months. Longer than two months. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, uh, almost three. It's just probably a, two yeah, and a half months. Two and a half months. Mm. So that's like the big. That's the big one about why babies typically don't survive around this kind of gestation. Mm, yeah. Um, and it's pretty new that a twenty-five weeker would make it. Wow. I would say like ten years ago, our odds would not have been very good at all. Wow. Yeah. So he gets admitted to the NICU, and we start this like new wild chapter of our lives at good samaritan hospital which is a wonderful wonderful group of people over there yeah the nurses are great the doctors are great and we would just go in there were two chairs so like you'd go in and they'd see us coming they'd pull up the two chairs next Mm -hmm. to him he was in an isolate so that's like an incubator is what we sort of know it as they would also like give us their chair you know, yeah, like a nurse the, would like stand up and be like, here, 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 here. And give we're us like, their oh. chair. And then they go find one for the other one of us and one mm-hmm. for themselves if they wanted it. In that nursery, there were probably 16 beds. 
12 to 16 beds. And if there is a baby in each isolate, there is a nurse at the foot of each isolate. Like each baby had a nurse there. Always? Always. Once you get wow. once you get a little better, then they start sharing nurses and then mm-hmm. you might have like you're like, Oh hey, two babies to a nurse. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah. for a long, long time he was a single nurse baby. Is yeah. there at this point are you guys afraid that he might not make it? Yep. Okay. Oh, Absolutely. Gosh. Very yeah. much. And so the other thing is he it wasn't just for for babies in general at this gestational age. It's yeah, their lungs is the big thing. And that was definitely still an issue for him. Mm-hmm. But And he, when I was born, I was in the NICU for only three I was in there for three days. Mm-hmm. But it was lung development. <laughs> ah. I was only six days early. Oh my god. But I was still in the NICU for three days. Wow. Because of lungs. So mm-hmm. I mean I remember thinking like breathing's a big thing, like you said. Yeah. This is and it's one of the final things too but lincoln also had and still has Mm -hmm. an intra intraventricular hemorrhaging which is a bleed in his brain (gasps) and it's pretty hefty um i don't know severe i guess severe Um, the severity they they deal in grades okay Um, and it's grades one through four on one one side it's a grade three and on one side it's a grade four and four is the the most severe okay so, yeah, the left is a four, the right is a three. And they've been tracking this since. Um, there's still a possibility that he'll have to have some kind of intervention. Okay. Um, but as of right now, it's like we're still just tracking everything really carefully. But really the thing is we won't know exactly how this will affect him mm-hmm. until there's like a milestone that is coming up and like, oh, he's should be, you know, trying to hold his head up by this point and mm-hmm. he's not holding his head up right and so that's how we'll know i mean he is really course, trying hard to hold his head up right now and, and, and <laughs> it seems like his head was example. pretty sturdy when you yeah, were when you were burping him yeah i use that example because it's one that yeah, yeah he does seem to be really good at yeah <laughs> um, because then there's also the difference in development of like his actual age versus his corrected age right and right so, now okay so, so yeah let's so use, let's explain that yeah. so his birthday is september 5th right um which is my mom's birthday so happy birthday mom three and a half months early <laughs> here's a grandchild yeah but his due date was december 17th oh so when we look at his milestones it'll be a lot more based on December 17th. Right. So he'll always have like two ages until he's like three years old, basically, when they kind of, he should match right. up by that point. Right. So like right now, developmentally, he is a month and a half old. Uh-huh. But we've had him for almost five yeah. months. That's so wild. <laughs> he's so early. It's like, I've he, we've had him for five months and I'm still just like, he was so early. Like sometimes it just hits me. (laughs) That's crazy. Yeah. So there's the bleed in his brain that we're tracking. Mm -hmm. He also had an open PDA, which is a duct between the heart and the lungs. Mm -hmm. And it's very common for it to be open in preemies and often they close on their own. Okay. They were just like tracking it pretty carefully and they kept just saying like, "Mm, we're going to wait, we're going to wait, we're going to wait, we're going to wait. So we spend 22 days at Good Samaritan Hospital Mm -hmm. and... Well, and sorry to jump in. No, yeah, go. On oh yeah, the second day of his life. Oh my God. Um, we were. In, I'm still in the hospital. Yeah, we were in the hospital room, and the phone rang, and this led to a lot of this anxiety. But um, it was it was the beginnings of of a lot of anxiety uh, for mm-hmm. the NICU, really, because the phone rang in the hospital room, and you knew that that wasn't like. There's no. No one you knew that no it was like it us. was specific. So I picked up, and they're like, "Hi, um, could you please come upstairs? Your uh, your baby's uh, had an episode." And I was like, "Okay, yes, 
And so I just hung up the phone. I said, hey, we're going to go upstairs. Um, they said The baby wasn't in the NICU? No, he, he was upstairs. He was upstairs. We, we were oh. recovering downstairs. So gotcha. she was she was in the postpartum uh, area downstairs because the NICU at Good Samaritan is two hours at a time, mm-hmm. but we can be in there anytime except for shift change. Mm. And they're very lax on these rules too because they understand that like right. it's parents and their babies, but we're also rule followers, like I yeah. said, so, so we are very good about this. So we're down in the room. Yeah, so we are like, okay, and we get up there and there's the hand washing station you know but somebody intercepts us before the hand washing station and says when we were like pressing the button to for the double doors to open there she's scanning in and then she sees us she's like oh your baby and like runs with us the rest of the way past the hand washing station so like she was running in because she knew that our baby was having this episode in the same way that we knew our baby was having but we didn't know what it was so we get there and people all around him there are five people around the isolate lots of beeping going on and basically they like calmly like one of their wonderful one of their many wonderful nurses just pulls us aside while it's all going on and says you know basically he he had a pulmonary hemorrhage and we they had taken the breathing tube out i think that they had tried very early on to maybe like see how that would go and it didn't it didn't go so well basically his lungs collapsed filled with blood (gasps) yeah so all of a sudden out of his nose and mouth it just started to bleed a little bit so and you saw this no that was what the episode was so they sort of rushed us up there you know sort of in a sense of like we don't know what's going to happen like please get up here because then it was less than 30 minutes later that that same wonderful head of the sort of head doctor in the NICU told us you know this is very rare we see this in babies here about once a year oh and at this point um i you know we haven't pointed this out but he we can't hold him right we can hardly touch him right yeah and that was another thing when he was first delivered and they throw her throw him on him and we're like well that's crazy and they take him over there and they do all these things that same head NICU doctor says do you want to touch him and i was like can i i thought like is that okay can i (laughs) yeah touch his little hand but that was like the most touch that in in the first five minutes he was born that was the most touching we did for the first three days yeah my gosh so it's this like tiny little baby and we haven't gotten to hold him. We've hardly gotten to interact with him at all. And that ended up being, I mean, partly the reason I forgot about it is because it ended up sort of just being like a blip on the radar, except for it did set us up for a lot more anxiety, I think. So that happens. And then we just visit as often as we can. And we start to fall in a little rhythm. We fall in love with every nurse and every doctor Mm -hmm. there. We are like, this is the, best and only place we ever want to be and then one day we're resting at home and i'm pumping um because i pump pump breast milk side note josie ended up donating 1229 ounces of breast milk to the mother's milk bank in san jose uh she says in an email they pasteurize it and distribute it primarily to hospitals for preemies whose moms don't have a supply she also has 2,500 ounces tucked away for Lincoln in two huge freezers, one at home and one at work. Right. We had just, um, we had like just come home from the hospital. Uh-huh. So we had just been there. We had seen him. We come home. We had been here for 15 minutes, I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. You're pumping. And the phone rings and it's, it's Good Samaritan. And the doctor says, yeah. So I just looked at his um, last cranial ultrasound and I think we need to transfer you guys to Children's Hospital Los Angeles. So I called their transport team <laughs> and they're going to be there this afternoon. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're going to get a call from them. Hel- <laughs> helicopter? 
No. Uh, bus. Yeah. Am- ambulance. An ambulance. So they're like, you know, if a you- bus, a city bus is coming. To- <laughs> I, maybe I watch too much Law and Order. Um, <laughs> yeah. So they're like, if you can get here, one of you can ride with him. So we're like, ah! great. And I'm like, yeah, you can ride with him. I'll take you there. So I take her to Good Samaritan. And they're like, it's going to be like within an hour. So we're like, rush, 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 rush. I don't bring my pump parts because I'm like, well, we're going to be over at the new parts, new place soon. So like Josie has my pump and the pump parts. No. Six hours. I, I waited in the lobby and at home state. Thank you, home state. Uh, I'll just plug them really quickly on Hollywood Boulevard. Shout out Potato Tacos. They're very um, close to CHO. Potato they Tacos are, got us and, through this. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Thank you. But for six hours, I waited for them. And, you know, in text message, but I, I know, but like it was just second or third most stressful day of my life oh my that God. it all happened. Which is stressful for me days. also because I'm like sitting looking at what is now a like three pound baby, I think. Yeah. Probably. And I'm just like, how are you going to get through this ambulance ride and I'm stressed. And then I also, I get stressed when I'm like overdue for a pump. Like that definitely like stresses my body out anyway. So then it's like amplified by the fact that I'm like, all of this is going on. And I'm like, why did I not bring parts? Eight times a day. She wants to get those eight times a day in. It's it's like the one thing you can control. Right. It's the one thing you can do. Uh, All we can do for him is is pump this breast milk and and all I'm I could do was wash like the breast champ. pump parts. Yes, <laughs> yes. I was very helpless, but that's what I could do. Oh. Yep, yep. So you were at you were at Good Samaritan waiting to tra- waiting get the tra- for the ambulance ride. So, she was at one hospital, I was at another. Uh-huh. So finally, finally, they whisk in, and it's like five people. And here's the thing about Children's Hospital Los Angeles: everyone there is like beautiful. <laughs> It's kind of crazy. It's they're like straight out of central casting, like children's hospital. It's, first of all, it's on Sunset Boulevard, so, so it's like it's Hollywood Hospital. But they come. It's, this transport team comes in, and I'm like, is, is this real? Is this like, General is this Hospital? Looks, like, where are the cameras following you guys? Because it's just like this beautiful it's so funny team. Because Days of our no General Hospital and Grey's Anatomy do film right in Los Feliz in the same neighborhood. <laughs> it all makes sense. And they sense. must use and the they, same. Sometimes they walk to lunch from cat. I mean, because they walk right by my house. Why well, I can't say where I live. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the nurses people walk by my house in scrubs, but they're not real doctors <laughs> yeah yeah right yeah so then they like pack him up and then they bring me all of the breast milk that i had waiting in the refrigerator and they whisk us off and we get to children's hospital Los and the ambulance ride was like actually kind of uneventful i was just like staring i'm in the front seat you know like staring in the back seat at him the whole time yeah. but no I sirens hardly right? see him no sirens lights but no sirens lights but no sirens back roads you know just like nice and easy uh-huh. and we get there and like he's he's the same you know at this point he's three weeks old which means he's 28 weeks he's not he kicks okay he's on a breathing machine called an oscillator that he like can't move very much mm-hmm. because of the way that it's helping him breathe. Mm. So at this point, also it's like hard to tell more or less like how he's doing right. at any time because he's not, you know, he's still like in this constant sleep kind of. And he'd been transferred for for the travel. He had been transferred to what they call a mobile NICU. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, which okay. is just so, like this tiny, kind of like a little hospital gurney, you know. Yeah. Um, but 
and closed and tiny tiny yeah and it's got all of the things so it has its own oscillator built in and the oscillator like is this has this constant sound by his bedside and it sends like vibrations of air into the lungs so it doesn't like fill them up to a full inhale and a full exhale it sort of fills them up halfway and then like blasts Blast little 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 vibrations of air, yeah. so that his chest just vibrates. So that oh Josie gosh. and I make sure to tell people when they get to see him, like, hey, just so you know, there's all these beeps, there's these things. Also, his chest is going to be vibrating. That's totally normal. Don't worry about and it. That's, that's the that was the whole time, or just right in the that was for the, the first transfer time. No, no, that was for the first like five, six oh, weeks. Okay, okay, okay. It was it was for almost two months. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So after we got to Children's Hospital, at a certain point, they took him off the oscillator. We got to hold him for the first time. Yeah. And then he got put back on the oscillator and we couldn't hold him anymore, oh. which was like, almost harder than waiting. Less than three days later, like they put him back on the oscillator. He just wasn't, he like, wasn't developed wasn't as doing much well. as they thought. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He, his, um, he wasn't able to maintain a, like, yeah. a healthy oxygen and level. Weaning yeah. off oxygen is just like, it's, you know, it's a trial and error process. We right. went through a lot of ups and downs. Yeah. So we get to Children's Hospital Los Angeles and like... It's like a whole new world. Not only is everyone TV beautiful there. <laughs> Not that like everyone said, a Good Samaritan isn't no, gorgeous. No, no. We love you. Yes, oh. yes. But the hospital there too is also just like, it's shiny and colorful and it's for kids yeah. and there's therapy dogs and everything I, I, is like branded. It's like, it's not a cafeteria. It's the HBO cafe. Like, Stop. I'm uh, serious. Every floor has a sponsor. Like we were on the Walmart and Sam's club floor. Uh, there was a Costco floor. Yeah. I, Panda I, I, Express I rolled floor. my eyes for what? the yeah. for those listeners. It's just like a whole new world. But the best part was that instead of it being like one big room where they would pull up those two chairs for us, we had a couch that turned into a bed ah. and we had two drawers we could keep stuff there we could hang out there there, there were breast no pumps longer, everywhere there was no longer the like only two hours at a time so we at oh. CHLA the NICU floor is singles and double rooms mm. the smaller babies that are on the inside uh, not by the windows so that they can sort of regulate day and night time as they want mm-hmm. for them um, they're, they're toward the inside and they're in singles. And then as you develop and as you um, get stronger, you, you move, move to, to a double outside, okay. the outside where, the, where the windows are. So I'd, There's all kinds was, of these like milestones you never think are milestones where you're like, oh, we're never going to be that baby in the outer ring. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> and then one day it happens. You're like, we're oh, here. I'm not ready. Oh, my God. I'm not ready. <laughs> yeah. Is he ready? What? Yeah. Um, so but, why did they have to move him to CHLA again? For neurosurgical oversight. Okay. Basically, CHLA has a dedicated neurosurgery team. Mm-hmm. And so they could be with him and, and check him out 24-7. And we also knew that because he had that open PDA, we uh-huh. knew that if it didn't close on its own, that we would have to go to CHLA to close it. Mm. Because that they're like specialists over there. And uh, remind me, that's be- the, between the heart between and the, the lungs? Between the heart and the lungs. I think okay. it's mm-hmm. a patent ductus arteriosus. Oh, my brother had that. Patent. Patent ductus. Yeah. My brother had that. He w- he had surgery at four. Wait, he had it in 69. No, he was born in 69. He had it in about 73. 73. Yeah. And back then, they didn't have a good prognosis for it. So it was, uh, now they do it all the time. Yo! Hey, real quick. When you had that heart surgery, was that like open heart surgery? No, closed. So where did they, how did they do it? They uh, slice you open and they... But you have a scar around your chest. But when I have a scar around my chest. But but it's not considered open no, heart no, surgery. Open heart means they cut the heart. Oh, okay. I hear you. Oh wow. Oh my god. So if they don't cut the heart. It's closed heart. Okay. 
in my case, they did not cut the heart. And what's the story with their your doctor? He was like the first doctor to do this surgery or something? Or you had a new type of surgery? No. No. <laughs> okay, I'm going to ask mom real quick. It comes up in the podcast. Do you want to call me back again so I can sound smarter? No. You sound very smart. I sound stupid. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Hello? Hey, Mom, real quick question. Yes. When Adam had his surgery... Yes. Wasn't there some special... At that time, weren't PDA surgeries really more dangerous than they are now? Oh, God, yes. It was a complete, you know, uh, 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 that scallops here. Um, What? Yes. Oh, you're cooking Dad's scallops. I'm so sorry. You can go. Don't move. Don't move. Don't move. I'm going to do this. Oh, my God. Scallops. It was so complicated. I thought it would be easy. Oh, my God. Um, Boy, I got to go. Okay, goodbye. I love you. Bye. Well, look, I didn't learn a lot from that, but gosh, my brother and my mom are so cute. Also, happy 89th birthday to my dad. He's just going to love those scallops. And, oh, everybody, my dad's doing really well. Thank you for asking. Yeah. Right. Well, And, and, and so he probably had to have, like, an actual surgery, yeah, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Because in 2019, they this last year, they had a new procedure that they can do with a catheter. Wow. So instead, what? Of, instead of having to cut him open, they put a catheter in. In the wee-wee? Um, through his they, well, it's, no. it's, like, it's called a catheter, but it's like more in an artery. It was through the yeah. leg, or or yeah, like or, through his okay, groin, my brother groin. Groin. Had, You know what? My brother might have had that one. Well, no, because this they didn't was do this it was literally the FDA oh. approved oh. this mind. like seven months ago. <laughs> my so brother's like, a baby. <laughs> <laughs> so we like super lucked out that they didn't have to like cut him open and do the surgery. Like yeah. they just were had to do this, and it was still terrifying. Yeah. You know, but. Ugh. You know, yeah, so it's, it's like terrifying. this catheter that goes in like his thigh yeah. and all the way up to the heart. They placed the device. It didn't go. Oh, so they did it. I'm so they, sorry. Yeah, they yeah. did Brain. it. I'm, they, place, yeah. they place a little, what they call a button. Yeah. They place a little button there to sort of close up. Okay. A or a hole. piccolo. They also call it a piccolo, which Aww. is cute. Yeah, piccolo oh, procedure. Yeah. yeah. And then they judge based on, they judge mainly based on his blood pressure uh-huh. to see how it's closed and how it's affecting the blood flow to the brain, to the rest of the body below, et cetera. And that was, it Did was a turning point. Under anesthesia? Yeah. Scary. At yeah. several points. He yeah. Was, he, for yeah. a long time, he was on. For at least two months, he was on at least some tiny fentanyl. bit of fentanyl. Oh, my God. Because on that oscillator, they can't move too much. Yeah. Or so it, like, disturbs the to be chill. Yeah. And so that was imagine. very fun. To, I just can't imagine the amount of stress you guys have been under every single day of his life so far. Yeah. I mean, more or less, yeah. So one thing that we really attached to early on is singing to him and music mm, good and we got a book of poetry from my sister and that was just like our lives for a long time it's just what, what can we do we can sing to him mm-hmm. we can read to him and i can pump breast milk mm-hmm. like that those this is our toolkit and so yeah. when we would have people come and meet him like you know because they could only come one at a time with one of us not both of us in and good samaritan what we would do is we would open up a little isolate and we would have them tell Lincoln one thing he had to look forward to about the outside world. Uh-huh. And then also we had them sing him a song um, and we could sing with them or, you know, for <laughs> them, whatever. Yeah, yeah. That is so sweet. Which I think is good. Like 
advice if anyone has a NICU baby is like find as many little rituals right. as you can. Yeah. Find those things that can ground you in some way, even yeah. if they don't make any sense. Yeah. I'm trying to think of other examples of like things we did, but I mean, I, I know that the the nurses and doctors were so happy just us singing to him. Yeah. yeah. And they that, said they don't get a lot of that, even but, though it's like really helpful. But even yeah. to the point of like, you know, they would our parents could tell that we were known for singing in the NICU. Like, doctors would say, well, maybe we should shop you around to the other babies, you know? Come on, hey, you sing to all these guys and ladies. Speaking but. of the other babies, did you get to know any other parents that were in there? Or, so not- or were you the only ones visiting your baby? <laughs> <laughs> you know, at, that's at an times, interesting question. Yeah, that is an interesting question. At times, it maybe feels like that, but also everybody's on different schedules, so it's hard to say. Oh, okay. and I when didn't we got to mean it, no, I know, anyway. I know, but like, but it does we're sort of it. telling ourselves this because we had oh, yeah. at CHLA, we had some roommate babies who were just yeah, pretty much wouldn't get visited and, for. And, you know, you never know if. If that is because of their parent lives here or they're in high school and they're in class right. or if they live in Modesto, California and yeah, because it's, they were you know, transported here. It's the right. top children's hospital in the Western United States. And they have so many specialties that you might get flown in for. Yeah. You know? Specifically for neonatology, I think. Yeah. And probably a host of other yeah. accolades. But, um, yeah. but yeah, there were a lot of a lot of babies in there that didn't. Didn't yeah. get a lot but of then visitors, also, which is hard. There were the but babies yeah. who mom was always there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dad was always there, you know. And I think the the best way to kind of wrap this up is like there was a woman who we roomed with for a while who um I would see around the hospital then and you know say, Oh, how how's your son doing? And she would tell me and then she would say, How is Lincoln doing? And I would tell her, Oh, okay. And then one day I ran into her and we shared all of this stuff and they were really going through a really tough time there. And I had known they had the surgery and it was delayed, like all this horrible stuff. And, you know, we were just talking about how hard it is, how awful it is. And we're like, okay, well, I'll see you around. All right. And I was like, oh, what's your name? <laughs> and I realized we both laughed because I was like, oh, we know like so much. Like she had been in the room when we had talked to a family psychologist because we saw a family psychologist yeah, for a while, which times. is great. <laughs> two different times. So yeah. she like knows all of our dirty laundry and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Like we had never found each other's first names (laughs) and like i think that kind of wraps up like this NICU family like even people you don't talk to you like see them in the halls a lot and eventually you just sort of like nod at them and you're like oh yeah that's that family Mm -hmm. i think their baby's over in the pearl district and so his total stay was four months and 17 days he was there for over a month past his due date so how long has it been since you came home We've been home for 10 days. And he's got oxygen. Yep. So he's on half a liter of oxygen for you doctors and nurses listening in, (laughs) Um, which is not a lot. Like two liters is the most. Okay. And a quarter is the least. Um, And he actually only needs it when he's asleep. But you know how like grownups take like an hour or two to get into REM sleep. Newborns go into sleep. REM sleep immediately so he has to wear it and have it on all the time because like he could fall asleep at any moment (laughs) so when you're in REM you're maybe your your lungs are just too too uh, relaxed basically yeah it's obstructive sleep apnea I think it's what it's called okay so this is a lot better than like where he was initially you know and there was like all these steps of weaning him from the oscillator to just the ventilator from the ventilator to CPAP from CPAP to the just this nasal cannula and then weaning that down from two liters to a liter and a half to now a half yeah so getting used to the home oxygen has been like yeah 
pretty well, you've interesting. got a long cord. Mm-hmm. This cord is how long? 50 feet. 50 feet. That's what you told me. I 25. 25. Yeah. Really? 50 feet. We could we could definitely get him into the kitchen. Yeah, I guess so. You're totally You could right. go to home state. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, potato tacos. Lincoln, you want a potato taco? <laughs> um, so he's got this long cord and then yeah. he's got he's, he's so got he the these, tape on his cheeks and uh-huh. it's just and it's just and then, poking into his nose, but it's yeah. not going down his ca- sinus. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. So it's very unobtrusive. It's very soft. You ever um, take a huff off of it? <laughs> Pure oxygen, now baby, gets to. you real high. <laughs> <laughs> take advantage. Um, uh, yeah, but it's pretty interesting and you know there are like terrifying moments where like you know oh, he's God. a newborn he's very grabby yeah i mean he's not a new I, he's <laughs> right i keep, right. Say, I keep saying five that five months old he's, i'm gonna be he's, saying that in five not, years i'm gonna be like he's a, a newborn you know he's, um, <laughs> i think he's a newborn though right month and a half is a still a newborn or still, no i think yeah. so yeah yeah um, and but now, oh, for all intents and everybody purposes. what he weighs oh yeah so now he weighs well i guess last tuesday he weighed 10 pounds and 14 ounces. Yeah, yeah. He's such yep. a big boy. So that's up, yeah. you know, like over five times his yeah. birth weight. Um, yeah. I which suspect is he's really at 11 great. now. Yeah, he yeah, probably big is. Big boy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 yeah, so he's doing really well. The PDA is closed. Um, he might have to have eye surgery at some point. Okay. Because um, he also has ROP, which is retinopathy of prematurity, oh. which one of our nurses told us is the reason that um, Stevie Wonder is blind. Get out. Yeah. yeah. Basically, like a lot of times, premature babies, like the only problem they end up having down the line is eyesight. Oh. Because early, you're not supposed to have too much oxygenation of your blood. Oh. And too much oxygenation oh. at like 100% will affect your eyesight. Can I ask about mm-hmm. the, uh, what did you call the brain stuff? Uh, IVH. IVH. Yeah. What was that for, stand for again? Uh, intraventricular hemorrhage. Okay, so what happens with that? What are you What are you looking they for? Basically, basically well, they well, say that the blood will eventually resorb. Is that the, the way they put I it? Think so, look, yeah. the the blood will be absorbed into the body, back okay. into the body eventually. So that's like not to worry. But basically, okay. the big worry is if that blood is taking up too much space in the uh, ventricles uh-huh. of the brain, that leaves less room for the cerebral spinal fluid, the... Uh, all of your brain fluid. Yeah, all of the brain fluid to so, be able to flow through that ventricle. Okay. They said what we're on the lookout for is developmental delays, learning delays, okay. and possible cerebral palsy. Okay. Yeah. And, yeah, again, we just won't really know until, like, yeah, things come up and you can't do certain things. And so or, draining it is not... It, it's, a, it's too big of a deal to just do... So it's actually not big of enough thing. of a deal yet to drain. Uh-huh. So that'd be if he starts developing... They, they track his head circumference really closely. We feel to make sure the top of his head remains soft. Uh-huh. Um, and if either of those start to, you know, go the wrong way, then they'll do put a shunt in okay. to drain the blood. Okay. Sure. But we've just sort of like been sort of tiptoeing on the line. And when's yeah. your next visit? We see neurosurgery every month now. Okay. Every four weeks. So we, ha- we left the hospital with follow-up appointments with ophthalmology, cardiology, pulmonology, <laughs> Neurosurgery. Oh my god! And, and a, a good old-fashioned pediatrician. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which was so wonderful. Like I took him to that appointment, and I was just like, I feel so normal, like oh. coming in, and you know, like Got it was just like pound baby. the most normal, yeah. you know. And of course, we talked about like all the million, you know, things mm-hmm. on the radar. But you had mentioned that you know you told. You, 
our story to a doctor friend of yours yeah, or something, yeah, yeah. and they were like, wow. I think it was kind of the same thing. You said that our doctor was t- on the phone with CHLA folks. And she and- kept saying, she said that she kept saying to them, okay, so is that all? Oh. <laughs> oh, is that all? <laughs> oh, okay. Anything? Okay, that too. Okay. <laughs> but then when we got in there, she, you know, after her like examination of him and watching him and watching him do tummy time and stuff, she was like, okay, he's actually a lot. He's doing a she's lot impressed. better than I thought. She was yeah. impressed, which yeah. is, you know, nice. Yeah. Good. Nice I'm for us. Uh, yeah. yeah very nice. proud of him. And CHLA, like, I can't say enough good things about that hospital. Yeah. Yeah. The way that they support families and the nurses there just like, Yes, of course, they took amazing care of Lincoln, and they also took care of us. Yeah. And they showed us so many things about how to take care of him as a regular baby and as a NICU baby, you know, yeah. and coached us. And we we also went out of our way also to, like, ask them for advice and be like, hey, instead of you doing that, can I do it? And you give me notes on it. Yeah. And that has made the transition home a lot a lot easier. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's it's almost like we just got this, like, incredible professional training. Yeah. You yeah. know, I mean, like, obviously... We didn't want to be in the NICU for four and a half months. No, yeah, I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. Truly, no. but it was also like the best care. Nobody has a job in a NICU because it's like, well, okay, well, there's an opening at the NICU. I guess, yeah, I'll I guess I'll yeah, do these that. Are just no, good these people. these are people who do this for a reason, and and care I was given the I was given the advice early on, and I would have done this anyway because they're so smart and caring, but. A friend of mine who went through this and his baby was two and a half months early. He said, trust the NICU nurses inherently. Mm. We especially, we had primary nurses, which is incredible. Um, And we had one who we had for two months, we had Zayani. And then she moved to Lincoln, Nebraska, (laughs) which is just too perfect. I know the day she told us, I was like, and not what? only that, like, she moved to Lincoln, yes. But also, Lincoln is in Nebraska, where Josie and I met. <laughs> you too. This so is where like, we met. So, yeah, um, so that's fun. And then she left, and we got two more primary nurses who were also just wonderful. But when we left, you know, like, we had spent all of our time and built all those relationships in the NICU, yeah. especially with those primary nurses. And so on our way out, he's, like, in the car seat, and we stopped at the NICU. And it happened to be that both our day and our nighttime primary nurses were working during the day. Uh-huh. So they came to the front desk, and some of the charge nurses were there. <laughs> there were, I mean, legitimately, besides us and besides Besides the nurse that was kind enough to drop us at the NICU <laughs> floor first that was helping us with all our things, yeah. there were like nine nurses oh and, and, all and around. staff members. Oh, my. Oh, Lincoln. Oh, oh so them having oh, the same conversation. Oh, it's just all talking to Lincoln at once. Oh and it was gosh. just so like, oh. and the nurse who was with us was like, I'm apparently discharging a very popular <laughs> baby. <laughs> Right now, <laughs> she's right. She's right. Yeah, but they were they were oh, very that's sweet. so wonderful. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm so happy yeah. you guys have him home now. Yeah, it's, yeah. Oh, it's nice to have yeah. everybody home. I'm so happy. Yeah. Okay, so when when might the oxygen be done? We just really don't know. No. There's a possibility he'll be on it for the rest of his life. Wow. But at a certain point, it will switch to only at night if uh-huh, that's the case. Uh-huh. But right now, yeah, he just. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's been sleeping through this whole interview. Um, <laughs> so he just, like, sleeps so much yeah. that he has to have it all the time. Yeah. But they said there could be a point, you know, if, like, if he's sitting up eating Cheerios, like, you can take it off of him. Right, right, right. But, yeah, we'll just sort of track that with our follow-up And, f- and for now, yeah, we, six months after discharge, we have an appointment with uh, pulmonology. Okay. And so six months, we'll reevaluate in the oxygen. one month. We have one appointment in one month from now. But is that to reevaluate? That's not to reevaluate the oxygen. Uh, yeah. I thought that was six months. 
I mean, I think they reevaluate as they go. Yeah. I am all about that. Yeah. I just didn't. I thought that they were going six straight months. That would be interesting. I don't think so. Well, we'll see. Yeah. yeah. You know, and they'd say the rule of the NICU is one day at a time. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I would definitely fall out of that. And also every NICU parent should go to therapy. Yeah. That's my <laughs> uh, other soapbox. But yeah, one day at a time is like the rule. Sometimes one hour at a time, but one day at a time is yeah. the most. And every little victory. Every every time you get to hold him. Yeah. First time he gets to wear clothes. First time oh. he gets to take a bath. Like all of these things are just like bring tears to everyone's eyes and everybody knows about it you check in and you sign in at the front desk and you've still got 250 feet to walk to your room but somebody's like hey heard lincoln's off his breathing tube (laughs) hey i heard lincoln tolerated his full feed today (laughs) yeah Yeah, stopped in to see lincoln earlier he's looking good gaining weight you know like everybody's like sort of involved in it and it's it's a beautiful community yeah yeah I'm really happy for you guys. Thank you. Yeah, you have to keep you. me posted on all the milestones. Yeah, we absolutely. Will. Okay. Thank you yeah. so much for telling us all that story. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Thank you Thanks for, for having us. us share. You're welcome. Love Thank you again. Your story too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm, oh, me? <laughs> Don't little me. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. Well, they're absolutely wonderful. And thank you guys so much for sharing that story with all of us. Josie sent me a couple pictures. I'm going to put those on the Instagram of little baby Lincoln the day he was born. And then a picture of him now to show you how much he's grown since then. Also, I asked her if it was really inappropriate to keep that dick joke in the podcast. And she said I should definitely keep it in. Okay? This is a long episode, so I'll be quick. Thank you, Josie. Thank you, Josie. Thank you, Mom. Thank you, Adam, my brother. Thank you, Dad. Thank you, Dr. Chung. And thank you, embryologist, whose name I don't remember. Thank you, Selena, for coming with me to the transfer. How fun. As for pregnancy, we'll see what happens on Friday. I'll post those results on the uh, Patreon as I get them. But, you know, keep those fingers crossed. But another way you can support without having to give any money is by going to iTunes and rating, reviewing, and subscribing, of course. If you want to reach me, email me at spermcast at gmail.com, text me at 323-741-1818, or leave a voicemail at the same number. You can also follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at spermcast. That's it. Love you all. He could be bald and bearded, shorter or tall, funny, smart, love basketball, gay, straight, black, white, tiny eyes with an underbite, I just need sperm, sperm cast. An Erios production. Powered by Acast. 